This is Cruise Radio. Your New Year's resolution should be to always travel with travel insurance. Find a policy today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. A review of Carnival Vista coming up this week. Also, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy here with Cruise News. I uh, got a chance to see Garth Brooks close out his North American tour up in Nashville last weekend and got to meet a couple of listeners up there, Jenna and Craig. And uh, between them two, Nashville and the Jack, they uh, totally kicked my butt, but had a great time. All right, uh, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, man? How's it going? Good, man. Happy New Year. And a very happy New Year to you. And this new year, Royal Caribbean is increasing their gratuities. Well, I, I think that's uh, very uh, good news for their uh, for their employees, mm-hmm. uh, considering I guess this is what the third time uh, they've they've done it. The tips are going up about by a little more than seven percent to about fourteen dollars and fifty cents per person. And uh, you know, if you've got a family of four, um, it's more than four hundred dollars uh, for your convenience. Of course, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it does uh, alleviate the need to have to go downstairs, wait in lines uh, at the purser's desk. To, to get cash to stuff envelopes. But, uh, you know, I, I still think it's, I mean, it, it is, it is optional, meaning the, these are just guidelines. Uh, they, they, they price it themselves at this rate. So this way passengers can adjust up or down depending on what they want to do. But I mean, how many people actually do, uh, get, you know, go down and, uh, adjust the, the gratuity level down. And, you know, I think we're kind of losing track of really, you know, who's, who's really helping you. You know, if you, if you recall, uh, you know, going back a few years, um, NCL was the only cruise line that actually included the gratuities in their passenger contract. I mean, and it says, I mean, their crew are compensated by a combination of salary and incentive programs that are funded in part by the service charge paid by each guest. Um, this is automatically added to your onboard account and subject to adjustment at your discretion. It's intended to reward service provided in all departments and job categories and is distributed to employees according to the carrier's evaluation of job performance. A portion of the service charge collected by the carrier is also used for fleet-wide crew welfare programs. So if you intended to give your waiter, let's say, $20, well, he's not going to get the $20 because he has to go through the um, the cruise line's evaluation job performance Hmm. first. So they may say, well, you know, instead of 100% of the tip, we're going to give you 80%. But also a part of that is going to this fleet-wide crew welfare program. So to me, it sounds like, I mean, they're, they're going to be lucky to get 20 to 30% of the intended gratuities. Do you think that we'll ever see the gratuities rolled into the price of the cruise? No, we would have seen it. It would disproportionately raise the you know cruise pricing in general. Um, is it just more you know, attractive showing that lower rate than paying gratuities extra? Well, but it's a, Doug. It's the same thing when you're talking about. Let's say you know you have a cabin. The cabin's you know let's say is a thousand dollars, but it's priced double occupancy, so it's five hundred dollars per person. Mm-hmm. If they said that the cabin is 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 a thousand dollars, well, for some people that may look you know unattractive. So this way they can offer a lower price by dividing it up per passenger. Yeah. Okay. Um, the gratuities, and it's just the same as, you know, what if we just, you know, jack up the price to include the bar? Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's some people that, you know, would be in that are incensed right now by it because they don't drink enough. 
Yeah. And it's like, why am I subsidizing the cost of alcohol for other passengers? Mm -hmm. But then when you get on cruise lines that do include it, like Seabourn or Silver Sea or Crystal um, or Regent, um, you know, these these, these passengers are are spending, you know, $800,000 a day. And, uh, you know, you're certainly not going to nickel and dime them for a few drinks. Yeah, you got a good point. You have a new ship sailing out of Port Miami, huh? Well, yeah, MSC Seaside uh, finally made her her debut. She's the first new, brand new MSC ship to uh, uh, debut in the United States. Uh, they're really going after uh, a larger stake in the U.S. market, which up until now they they've had quite a difficult run at. Um, you know, especially when you're dealing with you know people are still trying to figure out who and what MSC is because it's largely European, offering a very European experience. And their chairman, you know, makes these comments that um, I guess some people just scratch their head and they have no idea what he means. And, and here's, here's one. He says, if she introduces a wholly innovative concept that has already set a new standard for the industry to follow. But hmm. there's no definition of what in the world that means. Yeah. Uh, when you take into consideration most of the features on board this ship are all, are, you know, were you know, uh, developed and debuted on, on many other cruise lines. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I know that the, you know, they're very excited about the rear of the ship. Um, they brought the deck a little closer to the ocean, uh, which, which, is, which is great. Um, it does look, uh, you know, very reminiscent of uh, Aida Cruises, which has two ships uh, with this kind of a design. And, of course, NCL's coming out with uh, their Leonardo project, which have a similar design. And, you know, Virgin's uh, ship uh, is going to have a similar design. But, um, okay, you know, the ships have got zip lines. Okay, so this one's longer. We've seen water slides. Okay, we've got water slides, um, uh, casinos, you know, the ships float. So I'm pricing Carnival Vista in MSC Seaside, same sale date, MSC $549, and Carnival Vista 864 Does that mess the market up when uh, MSC comes in and lowers prices like that like that low? Well, because they're, 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 they have sort of a small footprint in the U.S. market, uh, it isn't going to make a, a tremendous difference, but mm-hmm. you know now we're dealing with two ships that are priced, um, you know, significantly lower. Um, I mean, it will bring you know maybe some other people that would not have uh, taken a cruise to to give them a, a, a chance. Uh, it'll do you know maybe it'll uh, be you know good for first time you know first timers. But you know when people are going to be looking at cruises, I mean they're going to be going past the carnivals, the Holland Americas, the princesses, the celebrities, the Royal Caribbeans. Um, the NCLs, the carnivals, and um, and then of course now we're dealing with Costa and and MSC. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a question of how far down they're going to go before you know the price is more important than the the cruise and the experience. And speaking of cruise prices, Carnival Cruise Line just expanded their Easy Pay program to what it was three months, and now it's like uh, what six or however long you need. Well, it, it could be three, it could even be six months, Doug. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends when the cruise is. So if you book it, um, you know, way in advance, I mean, you'll, you'll pay your deposit, um, and then if it's you know uh, a you know good amount of time before, let's say you have six months before the final payments due, you can actually split it up into six um, six payments mm-hmm. to to lower it. So this way, it's not you know five hundred dollars down. And then you know you've got uh, fifteen hundred dollars um, or you know several thousand dollars uh, you know coming at you um, at the last minute you know just before sailing, but um, it just it's it's a nice way for people to kind of split up the payments, 
uh, you know, they, they don't charge you anything additional for the service. I think it just, you know, kind of puts people that may need this, um, you know, who are maybe on a fixed budget or they don't want to think about it or they just want to spread it out, uh, a nice way to do it. So it, it just kind of avoids the balloon payment, mm-hmm. uh, especially if sometimes you could be doing, you know, you could have been enticed by a $100 um, deposit, you know, a low, a low deposit. And in this way, you know, you're going to get uh, quite a hit at the end. This way, it just to limit it. Uh, it limits the blow at the end. Norwegian Cruise Line revealed their new app. It's essentially, it's replacing their iConcierge, which is kind of a phone, you know, their their phone app. And this is another phone app, but it essentially allows you to begin to plan your cruise before, as soon as you make the booking, and it goes through all the way, um, essentially through the end of your cruise. And um, you know, before the cruise, you'll have an opportunity to. You, know, you can register. You can um, look at what's available. Uh, you know what what shows are on board, or you can actually uh, book um, uh, shore excursions. You can review what shore excursions are uh, available, and then when you're on board the ship, um, it'll actually um, help. You know, you, you'll be able to connect to the ship's intranet. So it's not the internet; it's the intranet, which is the system on board the ship, and it kind of gives you an idea of what's going on on the ship. You can book um, reservations for the spa or for, um, you know, different uh, entertainment activities. You might be able to do restaurants as well. Um, you, you could check your, um, res- you know, your, your spending account on board the ship. It just kind of makes it very, uh, very convenient for the passengers. All right, so here we are a couple of days from 2018. What should we look forward to in the new year as far as cruising goes? Well, we're going to have some interesting ships. The largest ship in the world uh, will be uh, debuting. Uh, I'm excited about the, the next uh, NCL ship, Norwegian Bliss. Um, so we're going to see some you know, in very interesting uh, new ships in 2018. We know that pricing is going to be higher. All of the cruise lines, all the public companies are reporting that, that, that um, bookings are ahead of same time last year. Um, but that uh, essentially means that uh, you know, deals are going to be a little harder to get, but there's going to be plenty. You have more ships coming out, which means they're still going to be fighting uh, each other for you know consumers' uh, vacation dollars. We're going to have tons more options, um, lots of, of additional programs, dining. Um, the you know the internet uh, services are continuing to to improve as as technology evolves. Uh, the dining is is getting uh, better and better with you know new, you know greater and, and newer options uh, coming online. New 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 refurbishment programs. The ships are continually being upgraded. Uh, and updated to make the cruise experience that much more enjoyable. And of course, you know, we're going to have many, uh, many more destinations. And uh, of course, it's going to be nice to see, you know, a lot of the islands that were hit in the Caribbean continue to to improve. Um, and it's great for the industry to be able to uh, make an impact on that. Got a listener question here from David in Fresno, California. He says, first time cruiser here. How do I know what cruise will have less kids? Is it a cruise line itself, a cruise ship, or is it the time of year I sail? That's an interesting question. Uh, you know, the, the cruise lines that, you know, the, the larger ships, it, it really, listen, it really depends on what type of ship uh, David is, is looking for. If he wants a big ship, well, big ships are, are dependent, heavily dependent on families. But, you know, take a look at when the, the, the kids are in school and go, you know, during those, those periods. And then this way it limits the, the, your chances um, with, you know, to have, um, you know, more kids on board than less. Uh, then, of course, there's the, the type of cruise line that, that specifies uh, which cruises 
um, you know, are, are really focused on kids. But, you know, if you're really not wanting kids or really, you know, want to limit it, you know, take a look at the upper, you know, at the cruise lines that really don't offer kids programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kennard, you know, Regent, Crystal, Seaborn, um, Silver Sea, you know, those types of lines, Windstar, uh, you know, the more deluxe lines, Oceana. Um, I mean, th- those types of, of cruise lines don't don't focus on kids. I mean, even Princess, though, Celebrity, Holland America, you don't really see a lot of kids on those ships either. Well, you can, but it also, Doug, it depends on the time of year. Yeah. If you're going during spring break, you're going during the summer, you are going to have um, a lot more kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're really geared, and those those cruise lines are really geared for the increase in kids. But if you're going in, you know, January, February, avoiding, you know, spring breaks in March and April, but then, you know, hit May uh, and June while the kids are still in school, uh, you're really, you know, limiting um, the, the sailings uh, where you're going to wind up with a, a stronger uh, uh, number of kids sailing. We've been talking with Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy. Follow him on Twitter at CruiseGuy or online at CruiseGuy.com. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year to you, Doug. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. All right, Richard, it's all you, buddy. <laughs> There's nothing I like more than when I get to take over the show. Uh, so I guess this time we're talking about the Carnival Vista. And how long of a journey was it? It was an eight-night Southern Caribbean sailing. Where'd you sail out of? Miami. Okay, so did you um, – you don't live too far from Miami. Did you go straight there or did you do an overnight stay? So I live about six hours from Jacksonville to Miami. So we did a pre-cruise stay at the fort, uh, it was a Hilton Garden in Cruise Port Airport down in Dania Beach, which is like one exit south of Fort Lauderdale Airport. And uh, we stayed there and we kept our car there because they have a cruise and park program. And then we used uh, SAS Transportation, I believe the company was. It was $15 a person. And they picked us up at the Fort Lauderdale Hotel and dropped us off at the pier. It's about a 25 minute ride on a Saturday. And, um, 
Yeah, it was. I mean, the hotel was nice, of course, and uh, the car was in a gated area. So I, I just felt better than paying $160 at Port Miami to keep my car there for eight days. I'd rather kind of come in, decompress before the cruise, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a great alternative for people who don't want to necessarily leave their car parked at the pier, you know, for whatever reason. And it doesn't – how did it match up price-wise? Was it – decent so i mean probably about the same but we got that extra hotel night so i mean that makes to me makes all the difference of the world than leaving jacksonville at six o'clock in the morning for a 12 o'clock embarkation you know all right so you get there you get dropped off how was uh, how was embarkation embarkation we got there right around 12 15 and it was it <laughs> for the people who weren't priority it was a disaster like because, you know, Carnival, it's all crowd control or flow control, I guess they call it, where they put you at a certain embarkation time, 12 to 1230, 1230 to 1. And so many people disregarded that, and that caused uh, probably a good thousand-foot line outside of the D-terminal of people just waiting in the hot sun, single file, to get in through security, to get checked off, and then, you know, into processing. So... I, down in Miami, different ports don't really take the um, embarkation scheduled embarkation time you're assigned seriously. Like I know Port Canaveral doesn't at all, but Port Miami, if you show up and try to go in those doors before your embark time, they're going to say, uh-uh, wait until your embark time. I'm surprised they don't have a more uh, sort of a uniform policy on that because it's the same thing in New York uh, when you say out of out of the port here. They don't take it at all seriously either. They don't even check it. You just you yeah. know, go in whenever you want. Um, do you think that that has something to do with – I read on, uh, on Cruise Radio just recently that they've sort of changed the boarding pass and it looks like they've really highlighted the time that you're supposed to arrive. Do you think that that has something to do with that? I think it'll be easier for the agents to say, look at your boarding pass. It says 12 o'clock and you're trying to show up here at 1115. Uh-uh. So I think it'll be easy in the, that regard. Maybe people will listen to it more. Who really knows? The you moron will be implied. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look exactly. at your boarding pass. You moron. <laughs> but I got to tell you, if you had priority, like I, I've been platinum with Carnival for like 10 years. But uh, so I get like the priority embarkation. Or if you bought faster to the fun, which also gives you priority embarkation. It was literally from curb to ship in less than yep. 10 minutes. And that's why Faster to the Fun and Priority Embarkation pay off. Exactly. What was the first thing you did when you got on the ship? You've been on Vista before, right? Yeah, I, I've sailed it in the Med, and then I sailed it um, over the springtime for the Jay Leno Carnival Live thing. This time, it was uh, the eight-night sailing, of course. First thing I did was went to... Uh, I think it's called Pig and Anchor Barbecue, Guy Fieri's barbecue joint on there. I used to go straight to the burger joint, but uh, I'm a huge barbecue fan. Like I had it for lunch and dinner yesterday um, here in Jacksonville. <laughs> so like I went straight there and normally Pig and Anchor is only open like limited times during when, during your cruise, like maybe two hours. But it's pretty much open during the whole embarkation on embarkation day. So the lines tend to be a little less longer. Um, so I, I went there, loaded up on some barbecue, and then uh, went to my room after that. That's also kind of nice because when people get on the ship for the first time, there's so much to see and do that they just sort of scatter and they have vacation brain and don't know what they're doing. So if you have a destination in mind and go right to it, you know, you can, you're right. You can usually just zip right through there. This was the first time you've done the um, the pig and anchor. How was it? It was really good. I, you know, I, like I said, I love barbecue, and it, it's definitely a different type of barbecue. It's it's a smoked barbecue. 
Um, probably different just in seasonings and everything they use that what I'm used to, but I thought it was really good. I had the uh, pulled pork, the chicken, and the sliced beef, and that was all really good. Uh, quick side note here, you embark the ship on deck three, and Guy's barbecue joint is on deck five, so you literally just take two steps up in the atrium there where that big dream, LED dreamscape is and just walk back till you hit Ocean Plaza and you'll see the signs out there for guys pick and anchor. Or if you don't see the signs, you'll definitely smell the barbecue. I'm going to make you make a tough decision here. Okay. You can only have guys pick and anchor or guys burger. Which do you go with? Pig and anchor hands down more selection and uh, you'd be a little healthier there. <laughs> Emphasis on the word little. Yeah. Well, I mean, Was those those barbecue, I mean, those uh, hamburgers are like thirty five hundred calories a piece or something like that. I mean, depending on how big you go with it. You're, we're not we're not thinking about that. That's you're on vacation. <laughs> you don't have to think about that. Was the ship decorated for the holidays? It was actually. It was really cool. In fact, the first night they did the lighting of the Christmas tree. I think it was the first sailing that Carnival Vista had the Christmas tree on. It was a uh, December second, and it was. Dude, it was stunning. Like, it was Christmased out. And by the end of the sailing, they were building a real gingerbread village with 300 pounds of chocolate. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a Christmas-infused sailing. Did they um, put Christmas images on the Dreamscape thing? Not images, but colors they did, yeah. Like, they kind of the, the colors they used complemented the colors of the Christmas tree. Oh, very nice. So, so uh, you go to your stateroom. What was it like? Stateroom was nice. It was a deck six aft balcony, nice size balcony. Of course, you had the two twin beds or the push together as a king, I believe, had a couch in the room. You know, there was five drawers, I guess, in there, and there was two hanging closets and pl- the space to put your shoes and all that. So I, I think that there was a lot of, a uh, lot of, I was really happy with it. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Another very important question. Does the shower have plastic, like a clingy plastic thing or an actual enclosure? Uh, the clingy plastic thing. I think oh. all carnival sh- most most of the carnival ships, at least that I can afford to stay in, in the staterooms, um, have the clingy plastic shower curtain. So, uh, But you know what? Whatever. Okay, so dining. What do you get to try? Well... Dining. Where do you start? So I did now every. You're usually very diet conscious. Yeah, I, I am. got the feeling that this one you weren't quite as strict <laughs> with yourself. You usually are. Yeah. So I I always do my pre cruise weigh in. I was like at 169. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to stick with this. Yeah. Like by by hour two, that was blown. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so dining room. I guess I'll start with like I did the steakhouse the first night. They have that's a 35 dollar per person. They have the new menu there. They they axed the cream spinach. They axed the escargot, which like really blew for me because I love both of those. But they added some things. They added they they took the cream spinach away, but added French fries. I thought it was really weird, but whatever. Um, I had like the 18-ounce cowboy cut, I think it was called. I had a like, jumbo shrimp cocktail. And the dessert, they added this new dessert, and it was called um, – I think it was called Table Art. And the chef comes out, and they bring this cutting board to your table, like this big white cutting board. And they have this little dolly or train thing next to it. And he decorates the cutting board with um, like chocolates and then different kind of fruits and little um, – like the not the whatever the fruit roll up things are like the gummy kind of fruits they put on there and this big chocolate sphere he puts in the middle this big ball and then he pours something hot on it and it melts and the chocolate breaks away in this ice like these two scoops of ice cream are in the middle of it it's a really cool experience like 
you would probably pay $35 just for that dessert alone in a regular restaurant. And the, the chef, one of the steakhouse chefs come out, whether it be the executive chef or the sous, sous chef or whoever it is, one of them will come and do it and walk you through what he's doing. And it was kind of like, it reminded me something like on a Royal Caribbean in Wonderland or Cuisine on Celebrity is how it reminded me of. That's exactly what it made me think of when you said that was the world dessert that they have on Wonderland mm-hmm. on uh, Royal Caribbean. Sounds like, it sounds like uh, a great meal. I am kind of surprised they took cream spinach off. I mean, that seems like a steakhouse staple. Isn't oh. that like every steakhouse has to have that? Love it. Yeah. But um, whatever. It is what it is. And then, you know, of course, the escargot, like I'm a huge fan as of the past couple of years of escargot. So I was kind of uh, upset about that. But, you know, you're on they a cruise. Have How- that. You know, you're on a cruise. How upset can you really get? That's very true. And they usually at least one night have escargot in the uh, in the dining room. Were you able to get it at some point? Oh, I think I ate my weight in escargot. So we were all good there. <laughs> all right. So that's great. Did you did you do any other specialty restaurants other than the steakhouse? Yeah. So we did all the specialty restaurants one night after another. So we did Gigi's next. Now that's $15 per person. That's the Asian. How would you describe it? Because I'm really bad at describing Gigi's. It's sort of modern Asian. Okay. Uh, and, and I have to say for $15, a person, it's one of the best specialty restaurants I've ever eaten in. It really, uh, everything about it from the atmosphere to the sort of the way they give you the menu and you check things off and they serve it family style almost. It's really just a, a phenomenal experience for $15. Yeah, it, I like the spring rolls, the shrimp soup, the beef and broccoli, and the kung pao chicken. And then the dessert was like tapioca pudding and I think like a rose creme brulee, which is really good. Um, from there, we did Cucina del Capitano. That's the sit down. Italian restaurant. So I'm like, you know, plus 30 pounds at this point of the cruise. And that's family style as well. And uh, each person gets to pick two appetizers and then you get to pick a main course and then a dessert. And there's so much food. And I think the Cucita night, we left there like around 10 o'clock maybe and went straight to sleep like comatose after that. We did the seafood shack, but that's not really a restaurant. It's kind of like a little eatery on deck, uh, deck nine aft. I think it's for a, you. That's just sort of a grab and go. Yeah, grab and go. Yeah, and I th- I don't remember what deck it's on. I think it's it's Lido deck aft, and so that was good. I had a lobster roll there, which I I only had one this sailing. Unlike my Carnival Med sailing, where I had 12, was it nine? Not twelve. I had <laughs> 12? nine. Okay. Yeah, I had nine burgers. Gosh, I don't know how I did that back then. But um, the main dining room, though, we had for the nights we didn't do specialty, we ate in the main dining room in the Reflections dining room, which is the middle one, the smaller one, the one story. And we did 815. I'm just going to go ahead and say your time dining, that's kind of, uh, you're going to wait. So it's not really your time because you got to go to deck five and you have to check in at the podium and then they print out a little slip. Then you go to your time, hand it to the server. But sometimes there was a little bit of wait back there. So uh, more people, believe it or not, do this your time than they do, um, at least on this sailing, did your time than, I guess, regimented dining or set dining. Across not just Carnival, but really across, I've heard it about Carnival, I've heard about Royal Caribbean, I've heard it about Norwegian. We're hearing more and more complaints about a slowdown in service. Did you find that to be true? How was the service in the main dining room? The service in the main dining room wasn't that bad. Now, I don't know if our servers had a smaller section. Um, we sat in, we had one of those configurations where there was like a long wall or a long bench type seating. So someone had a booth and someone had a chair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we had one of those little New York city cafe type restaurant settings. I mean, our server was kind of on the ball. There was uh, three servers and they were actually really cool. It was uh, one of those things where you, you're hugging them by and like almost like shedding a tear when you're saying goodbye on the last night. Because they were they were so good and so on the spot. Of course, Carnival now has the baked Alaska, 
so good. Like probably one of not just saying this because um, I've had a lot of baked Alaska, but their new um, ingredients and their new baked Alaska they have so good. I don't know what they put in it, but it's like addicting. Where I, I think I had two servings of it, and um, yeah, I did. And it was, uh, yeah, amazing. Had, of course, they had lobster because it was an over a five-night sailing. So on formal nights, they had lobster uh, on one of the formal nights. There was actually two formal nights on this sailing. Usually, um, in in olden days, one of the things people loved about Baked Alaska was that it was sort of a, a, a special event. There was sort of like a presentation to it. Are they doing that whole thing with it? Yeah, they're lighting them on fire and walking around the – that they put like the – whatever. I don't know what they use, kerosene or something in the little ramekin in the middle. <laughs> Light it on fire and parade around the dining room, but they're not—they're not really like. I'm thinking it's probably brandy, not kerosene. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> whatever, something flammable. They put in their lighter fluid, whatever. They parade around the dining room. They bring—they the, bring them to you. They slice them at your table, or if you want the whole cake, they'll sometimes give you the whole cake. We just took a slice, but um, if they would have put the cake in front of me, that'd be dangerous because I would have probably inhaled the whole thing. It was so good. I can't wait to get to the end of the dining section and find out what your end weight was. We started at 169. Did you go up to like 220? When I got home, I was, you know, and you, you gain a lot of water weight because you have so much sodium and MSGs and stuff on these sailing. Uh-huh. Excuses, so, excuses. Whatever. What was it? So I was 174 the next day, but then two days later, I leveled back out at 169. So I broke even. So you basically, you basically lost. You, you basically, yeah, okay, but you, you, you gained nothing. Gained water Every weight, yeah. listener hates you right now. <laughs> Every listener who's ever done the 10-pound weight gain on their cruise hates you right now. So we're just going to move right along. What entertainment did you see? So Playlist Productions, which is kind of interesting, I guess. I mean, eh, whatever. America Rocks, that's kind of your through-the-decade type tribute show. They have Flick on there, and Flick is a, I don't know what Flick is. It's something going through golden age of Hollywood, maybe going through like all these different movies. And I was very confused, but they had a lot of special effects where they were like bending lasers and things like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. But the the, the storyline lost me. I was as good as lost the whole time with that. I was like, oh, how cool. was the singing? Pitchy. It wasn't awesome. It wasn't horrible. But some of the song choices, I guess, probably could have been chosen differently. Or maybe putting some of the singers on the wrong songs. I don't know. I can only sing in the shower, but it's um, it wasn't like awesome. One of the other complaints I've heard is that seating is kind of like you have to get there early, or you're going to be watching a poll for the whole yeah, show. Is dude, that is that true? The ongoing joke through the whole sailing is that we were all going to meet in the liquid lounge. I think it's called, and with a hammer at midnight and just beat the heck out of it because yeah, I don't know what they were thinking when they designed this. And I hope Carnival Horizon is a little bit different because, yeah, I mean, you're not going to, if you get there early, you're going to have a great seat. But if you get there late and these shows do fill up, I mean, you're talking like, I think double occupancy of the ship holds like 4,400 people. The shows do fill up and you're going to have obstructed viewing. Yeah, there's big poles in the way. Same same way as in the Limelight Theater, whereas they, I think it's the, the Conquest class ship has like barely any obstruction all the conquest class ships they're really the line of sight is perfect but it's for some reason on this ship um someone dropped the ball somewhere i understand you have to have the poles there to hold the, the ceiling up but it just seems like the placement for being a public space was kind of a little off maybe i guess that's the word yeah it does seem odd i mean we you know how many ships have you been on where they have huge theaters and huge entertainment spaces and they somehow managed to 
and not put poles in the middle of a theater. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the, the Limelight Theater, which is also where the comedy club and where is the nightclub, because the, the nightclub used to be up front in the main theater. And maybe that was part of the design, too, because the nightclub originally started in the main theater, but people on deck six were complaining in the staterooms that it was too loud and their walls were shaking. So they moved the nightclub back to Limelight Lounge. Um, I get the two confused constantly. Yeah, so Liquid is the front, the main theater, and then Limelight is on deck four aft, and that's kind of where they do the comedy shows, which are super packed. So if you want to you know, if you want to see an adults only comedy show, you want to like line up at least 30 minutes beforehand. Do you find the adult shows to be more popular than the, you know, sort of family friendly shows in the comedy lounge? Oh, totally, dude. The adult shows, we were in there like sardines and the kid friendly or PG shows. I mean, I could have sprawled out and not hit anyone like there was, (laughs) you know, and also they also kind of time it right where you're they're doing it where people are eating dinner, too. So and they do it early because they want to, I guess, cater to the kids. So you're talking like a, a five o'clock PG show, whereas you know most adults don't want to go to that unless you have kids. Speaking of entertainment around the ship, did you get to take part in any of the nightlife? Did you uh, did you get out and boogie the night away? Yeah, we went to the '80s dance part or the '80s glow party on the Lido deck. That was cool. Um, the cruise director Matt on the sailing, he has epic sail away parties. Like his sail away parties are some of the best, and I've been on a lot of cruises what other parties that i go to the atrium there was an atrium party one night i think it was um like a disco type party where it had the, the, the playlist production dancers dancing on the bar and singing and stuff so that was kind of cool um yeah m- mostly it was comedy shows oh piano bar was fun the girl in the piano bar i think her name was leanne and she had like all these props she would use and wigs and glasses so she made it very entertaining and then you had the typical nightlife spots like um, watching the movies under the stars there on the Lido deck or going to Alchemy Bar and having a drink. I mean, there's so much to do um, after hours on that ship. Even if you want to just chill out, there's in the public space, like on deck five, it pretty much wraps around the whole ship almost. And there's like loungers and little day beds to hang out that are there around the clock. So whatever you want to do, you could pretty much find something to do on that ship. Did you hit the Havana bar at all? We didn't drink there, but we did go there one night just to kind of check it out. And I don't know if it was the sailing we were on where there was, um, cause you know, we're on eight nights sailing. So it's a little bit of an, I don't want to say an old crowd, but it's an older crowd because people have to take off eight days or whatever, six days instead of their normal, just week long cruise. So Havana wasn't jumping like past cruises, like past cruises, I did a six night on there and Havana was like, you know, almost like sardines couldn't move. This one was quite the opposite, but I think it has to do with the the demographic of people sailing an eight night versus a six night, you know? Okay. So you had eight nights. Where'd you go? We did. Grand Turk was the first stop and we did uh, Jack Shack and played with Topher the dog there uh, and just kind of had a few drinks uh, by the by the pier, of course. I love about what I love about Grand Turk is you're pretty much facing the cruise ship the whole time, so you you never lose sight of the ship. I mean, you cr- could probably go anywhere on the island and not lose sight of the ship because the island's not that big. Um, so we did Jack Shack and Margaritaville. The next stop was La Romana in the Dominican Republic, and I did a carnival shore excursion. Did the whatever their all inclusive resort is package they offer. It was like eighty nine bucks, I think, or ninety nine for the day. And that was like transportation to the resort, the Catalonia Resort. And then we had open bar and open 
food. Like I think there was like six restaurants to choose from maybe, and we could dine or whatever we want. And the, the beach was pretty there too. So um, that's what we did in the DR. Let's see. What else did we do? Curacao. We booked our own tour through a company called Irie Tours, and we did an East End Island tour in Curacao. It was 25 bucks, and I, I got to say, like, I liked this tour. It, what, it wasn't like – I liked it for the experience because you were on a school bus that was like painted neon green, and there was no windows in the bus. It was an open-air bus, and there was a cooler of beer in the back of the bus. So you pay 25 bucks for a tour of the island plus pretty much all you can drink beer. And they brought you to the Curacao factory, and you got to spend an hour and a half at the beach – and our beach time actually overlapped with the sunset. So we were at the beach from like 4 o'clock to 5.30. Sunset was at 5 o'clock. So we got some awesome pictures of the sun setting um, off the coast of Carousel. So that was really cool. And then after Carousel, we did Aruba. And Aruba, we died, did a snorkel and beach day, I think it's called. We got to dive an old German shipwreck, which is really, really cool. It's in 60 feet of water. And probably the highlight of my uh, excursions that I've ever done in my life. There was, it was just like you jumped out of the catamaran and you 60 feet of water and you look down and it's almost like only way I could describe it. It might sound stupid. is like, what did Titanic look like to someone who was like exploring it when they first saw it? It's just like, you can't, it's something you see in a movie. You look down and you just see the ship laying on its side. And so if you, if you like snorkeling or diving, you could dive it too. You should definitely do this, that excursion. Yeah, anybody listening, if you haven't, um, you should head over to the site at cruiseradio.net and see. Um, Doug's got some great pictures there um, and some great descriptions of this tour. It made me want to go. And uh, I, you know, you can't even stay away from open bodies. I love to swim, but I stay away from open <laughs> bodies of water for fear of being, you know, mistaken for a whale and, and, and harpooned. <laughs> And that was like $109, but um, that you did a 45-minute catamaran ride to two snorkel spots, one being the shipwreck, the other one being a shallow reef. And you got to go to a beach in Aruba where they served you a barbecue lunch and drinks. And then the catamaran also, once the snorkeling was done, had an open bar too with rum punch or any kind of rum and sodas or anything you wanted to drink. And that was open from coming on board from the second snorkel all the way till we docked. So that was like the open bar was open. So that was like 109 bucks, I think I said. And yeah, that was it. We had four ports and three sea days. We had one sea day on the front end and we had two on the back end. And how did the ship do on sea days? Um, that's always, you know, a great way of telling how well a ship handles sort of the flow of humanity that's on board. Yeah, so I'm not a big sun person, so it, it, it was good for me on sea days because during the daytime, lunchtime hours, people were, you know, soaking up their rays on all three levels of the Lido deck, using the back pool, um, using Serenity. Everyone was scattered everywhere, so I could kind of have my... I don't want to say quiet time, but relaxation time. And then around three o'clock, put the bathing suit on. And that's when everyone who's been baking in the sun since nine o'clock are like red as a lobster and they go inside. So the pool starts opening up, the hot tubs start opening up and the chairs most importantly start opening up and you can get out there and um, have the place to yourself. Between like three and five o'clock, we rode the water slides a few times just because there was no one there. We were like kids ourselves. We'd come off the slide, grab a raft, run back up there again, do it, repeat, repeat, repeat. The later you go out there, of course, you know, the sun seekers are there early in the day. And I guess, uh, what's the opposite of a sun seeker? That would be me. I believe that's called a hermit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> All right. So you have an amazing week. You get back home. How was the worst day 
in every cruiser's life? How was disembarkation? You know what? Surprisingly, it was amazing. I would never use the word amazing for debark, but the process was flawless. We woke up at 5.30, watched the ship come in. All the other ships paraded behind us. Went to breakfast at 6.30. From 6.30 to 7.15, we were in the main dining room. And then we went and got our stuff and literally walked down to deck three. They had two lines going off the ship using two gangways. When we keyed out, I looked at my watch, from when we keyed out to when we stepped foot on the curb, past customs and everything, was eight minutes. So it was, of course, we did, we did self-assist. So we carried our own bags off. We didn't check any bags. But self-assist was definitely the way to go in Miami. And they don't use the blue custom forms anymore unless you have over – What do they use? Well, nothing. Unless you have over $800 worth of, um, I guess, souvenirs or liquor to declare, then you have to do a customs form. But otherwise, you just show them your passport. They say, welcome back, and you're on your way. Wow. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Carnival actually had a promotion, or maybe they do this year-round, but we used the, um, the car ride service Lyft, which is like Uber kind of. Yeah, it is Uber pretty much, but it's just Lyft. And they had a promo code Carnival. So if you used Lyft and you put in the promo code Carnival, it took $10 off your fare. So it was actually cheaper for us to go from Port Miami to our car in Fort Lauderdale using the promo code Carnival on the Lyft app because it was only like $24 or $27 for us. And it was $30 to go down there. So it, it worked out a little bit, you know, just by a couple of dollars. But we pulled into the hotel parking lot at 8 a.m. And we were on the road by 8.10 to head to Jacksonville. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was, it was a Sunday, too. So I don't know if that really matters. But um, there was no one on the road. So any final thoughts uh, about your week on or eight days on the uh, Carnival Vista? Get the barbecue. Take the stairs. I didn't have one burger. I had I had a bite of a burger. That's all I had. The whole sailing. I was I was shocked. I had one bite I'm of a burger. I'm rather shocked by yeah. that. I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked by that. Did, did you at least go to Alchemy Bar? Come on, um, you had to have gone. Yeah, to Alchemy. yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not going to miss Alchemy Bar, <laughs> but Blue Iguana Cantina didn't have a burrito. Didn't do breakfast burrito. Didn't do lunch burrito. Had a a chicken taco. I don't know who I am anymore. Oh, here's a fi- here's a little tip here. Uh, they have a breakfast on in Ocean Plaza that's kind of – it's not really listed in the Daily Fun Times, but it's where the taste bar is. And it's a hot breakfast bar, eggs, sausage, gravy, bacon, fruits, um, cream of wheat, oatmeal. All that stuff is down there in um, coffees and juices. So if you don't want to fight the crowds in the Lido Deck area or you don't want to wait you know, for table service in the main dining room, you can go to Deck 5 at Ocean Plaza and have a breakfast. And I would go down there for about – an hour and a half every morning and work and barely anybody was down there. I mean, people did were there, but it wasn't packed at all. I'm talking like maybe a handful of people each morning I was down there. Also, first night in the steakhouse, um, free bottle of wine, of course. I think that's fleet wide on Carnival ships. If you dine in the steakhouse the first night, you get a free bottle. Bring a lot of sunscreen and check your problems at the gangway. Have fun. I don't think anybody could ask for a better sign off than that. Doug, thanks for um, sharing all of that with us. And now, the part of the show that I dread, I disembark and hand it back to you. Uh, ha, ha, ha. I see what you did there. All right, man. Well, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Always glad to do it. I always enjoy being interviewed by Richard. He's one of the good guys out there. And thanks again for doing it, buddy. Before I sign off for the final time in 2017, I want to thank you for being here week after week, because without you, for one, I wouldn't be here. It's, it's funny. Over the holidays, I was asked, what keeps you going and what makes you not bored 
and it's it's you, the listener. It's your emails. It's your Facebook messages. It's meeting you in person on different sailings or at a Garth Brooks concert up in Nashville, having too much fun. It's I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's a I guess the best way to describe it is it's a feeding frenzy. Whatever you get from me, I get the same from you and probably a thousand times more because it's so awesome to put a face with a listener. And also a big thank you to the hardworking staff behind the scenes that you may or you may not know. They they kick all kinds of ass. I'm talking about Heather, Sarah, Richard. I'd put them against anybody in the industry. Hands down, these guys and gals deserve all the credit in the world, you know, I can show up and flip on a microphone and start talking, but without them, this show wouldn't be produced. The uh, interviews wouldn't be edited. The articles wouldn't be written. The technical stuff wouldn't get done, and I'd be working backwards, to be honest. So thank you so much to the staff. Thank you, the listener, for being here, because without you, I wouldn't be here, and without me, you'd be listening to Tommy Casabona ramble about being nickel and dimed on his latest cruise. So uh, again, thanks again for being here. God bless you, and talk to you in 2018. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.